that I know the next show I'll be watching. Something called Stein's Gate. Of course, you'll never guess one of the main themes of Stein's Gate. <laughs> it's called Time Travel. Anyway, so, if I can recall correctly, the last time you heard my golden voice we were in the midst of a battle that left Karasu almost dead at the hands of Noen Noen the mysterious Noen anyway after fighting with Isami Anatori Karasu's hurt after no one shows up. Karasu's dying. You is obviously afraid of his older alternate dimensional self and is jealous of that self because he has yet to admit certain feelings he is carrying around. We'll get to that momentarily. Toby saves a Tori who gets completely wrecked in the fighting to the point where he should have been dead but for whatever reason he wasn't and Toby fixes him because she's awesome now in this episode it's episode 13 it's the aftermath of the battle which is what episode 12 was called halfway through the series now um, they start discussing Rezu, which is like an atom. Um, I don't know how to explain this really. It's the smallest possible particles of existence. Uh, the smallest elementary particles that compose all matter. So it's sort of like the forces, midi-chlorian thingies. Uh, Except it's Rezu and Rezu, like I just said, are the smallest elementary particles that compose all matter. So, <clears throat> having said that, you have that element there. 
pretty much. Karasu's dying. There's a way to save him. It's tied into this Rezu stuff. Toby knows where to go or where to locate a point or an area within Hakodate where they can access, harness, and apply the Rezu to Karasu's form so that he won't die. And during this time frame, of course, future I shows up and she wants to fight but a Tori who lost his memory after the fighting decides he's gonna kick her ass because he made a promise to Miho that he was gonna protect everyone of course this is the same psychopath who uh was causing a lot of shit earlier in the show, but of course, as want is to happen in these animes, it's never that simple who's good and who's bad, who's evil, who's heroic, who's right and who's wrong. Amnesiatic Atori, very useful guy. So, suffice it to say that they do indeed save Karasu with the Rezu, and... Dun, 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 and the story gets to move on. Now, this is where I think the story gets extra weird. Uh, Tori and Toby apparently end up staying at Haruka's house as bird researchers. Pretty weird. Then... You starts acting weird again because he's jealous of his future self because he sees the attention that Haruka gives him, not realizing fully that his future self is him. So, and she cares about him, so she's gonna reflect the care she has for him, regardless of his form. Blah, blah, blah. Slice of life drama in the middle of metaphysical malaise. It's one of the draws to these stories is they can still keep them simple, human, dumb, and grounded, even though the content is like, Wah. and I say simple, human, dumb, and grounded only because being simple, human, dumb, and grounded, I'm fully aware of all the symptoms reflected in those who are being simple, human, dumb, and grounded. So please, no one out there in the ether of this universe take what I'm saying as a slight on you. I know from personally being and experience those attributes when I see them in a story. Okay, moving along. Yu's throwing one of his Yuish temper tantrums because of his jealousy. And after he leaves, something resonates from the argument that she had with Yu and generates a time resonance where the dragon torque is invoked and then she travels through a loop by which she sees her parents arguing and the day that they ended up getting divorced uh, or the sequence that led to their divorce so she ends up in a loop and it's fascinating And in the interim, while she's in a loop, of course, Karasu confronts you. It's mean to him as usual, and then pretty much tells him 
that, you know, he needs to get his shit together, get stronger, get focused, and then you breaks down and admits quite obvious to all the rest of us. It's more like in a self-admittance that he likes Haruka. We knew that already. We don't know why he was so stupid. I don't know. People have issues. Moving on. Apparently, while Haruka's trapped in that time resonance loop that was generated by the minor argument she had with you, she doesn't realize that it's actually not a loop. It's an infinite number of variations of the past from a multi-dimensional perspective and she encounters that old man that one character that you always end up seeing who invariably shows up at moments such as that kind of as an awkward guide and he tells her that you have to accept the past no matter what incarnation it has because ultimately and particularly in relation to Haruka it has no bearing or relevance it's done which is an interesting concept because it's another concept that comes up later which I'll be mentioning soon but not exactly right now of course as soon as Haruka accepts the past regarding her parents relationship she comes to the present now I mentioned the parents relationship because this gets a little convoluted you have to make the transitions with me just flow with me just stay here with me yeah be here with me baby <clears throat> stay with me okay so Here's how it breaks down. Early in the episode, the phone rang. Haruka heard her father's voice, and she's like, I don't get this. What's going on? She tries to speak to him, and he goes, I don't have a daughter. Who are you, who are you talking about? Something to that effect. Well, no, he doesn't say he doesn't have a daughter. He says, what? Um, you must have the wrong number. And you find out throughout the loop, the interdimensional, the varying versions of that interdimensional moment, that Haruka is with him and her mother, wherever they are in Tokyo, their apartment, whatever. So clearly he wouldn't think that his daughter was on the other end of the line, even though he's a quantum physicist. It's kind of crazy to actually think that you would experience something on a quantum level and be conscious of it. Anyway, that's the moment in time she went back to when she was eight years old and her parents were fighting. I know I probably covered it, but I quantumly forget things sometimes. Hardy, har, har. Anyway, she comes back to the present as far as we're aware of it being the present. And then, of course, no end emerges. And things get a little weird. You see Haruka talking to herself because she calls that phone number. And she literally speaks to herself. Then you see her traveling through space and time. And then you always hear that time and space are always changing. 
and they are without stability. And at some point, while Kairosu is trying to figure things out, because they're looking into the stability of the world and looking at the disintegration of Shangri-La and how Shangri-La is going to react by destroying Lakrima and the entire universe, which is the whole point of no one trying to retrieve the Dragon Torque. Anyway, while Karasu is doubting his existence, Toby tells him that our existence is established by observation. If you don't observe a thing, it doesn't exist. And that's a vital notion considering this goes back to the absolute observer, which I, I discussed previously, and I don't really feel like going over it again. Suffice it to say that in this instance, I can give you a direct example. You're listening to me, and thereby I exist. If you don't listen, you don't know anything about what the fuck I'm talking about. So it's not even a necessity to comprehend or understand what I'm saying because it doesn't exist to you. It only exists through its observation. And observation isn't just a visual thing. It can also be through listening. So, bam, I just proved something. Anyway. So the two weird cops... <laughs> meet uh, Toby and Karasu in the field. Now, I gotta uh, fix that last statement. First of all, it's one cop, one scientist. I might have mentioned them before. Scientists work for the corporation, the cop for the government involved in this quantum thing. Experiment, whatever. Potential experiment. Manhattan Project type shit, you know what I'm saying. So, the cop tries to be a cop, and Karasu moves around, scares the shit out of him, he pulls out his gun, he slaps the gun around, and then a quantum chick talks to them, Toby realizes she's on the up and up and very smart, so they decide to work with them. The cop is annoying in this instance, but he's supporting her, and he is true to his role. So, I don't feel like there's any inauthentic energy there. Of course, when they get to this weird dimensional point or dimensional ravine, no one shows up and kidnaps Karasu and Haruka. Yay! In the interim, I mentioned also that Haruka's father is like the scientist dude, so pretty much he was initially someone they wanted to help with that experiment, he bailed on the experiment because he realized it could be too dangerous and could destroy an entire area, particularly the city of Hakodate. So, in that instance, it's a, it's a difficult situation. I don't want to cough up every plot line known to man in the show, but I mean, everything is connected overwhelmingly so, even though things get weird and crazy and one of the things that is mentioned at the end of the episode is that the future can influence the past which would disrupt causation and potentially threaten existence but ultimately 
can and will occur because time doesn't function the way we're, we think it functions in a straight line. Anyway, after all this shit, they go into a different dimension. No one forces Kairosu out of the way. He takes Aruka the Shangri-La, which is a place of total silence and peace. Literally. Just quiet. And I believe she asks him who he is and then she asks him something and he he I don't recall the whole gist of it suffice it to say he mentions that Katasu is not real that Katasu's an illusion so he says he's going to show her that Katasu's an illusion and so they they take you through a sequence of events that ran throughout the earlier episodes of the show and this episode was called repeat so she's kind of going through a variety of scenarios and ultimately what's revealed is that in the beginning of the show when you see the Uroboros and you see Karasu and the other dragon knights fighting the Uroboros um, at that moment where he head on attacks the Uroboros technically speaking he was supposed to lose his life and somehow Haruka dragon torqued him out of there and that's why the first time she sees him is on the top of that church. Because that's what went down. So. Because of what she did. Strangely enough. He ends up in our dimension. And because he ends up in our dimension. He also brings no one to our dimension. And he brings the attention of our dimension to his dimension. Which is called Lacrima. So theoretically. Her saving him caused all the trouble, but technically she shouldn't have had the capacity to save him in the first place. So the fact that she could save him means that all this happened within a time loop, regardless of present, past, and future. The disjointed time loop maintains its integrity even though it has no definitive linear integrity. If you follow whatever the fuck I just said. I follow it. I'm hoping you do too. Okie dokie. So, Karasu ends up coming back to the original dimension. And Haruka is reliving the scenes, re going through the things. And initially, she isn't fully aware of the presence of Karasu. And then she comes to believe that, oh, there's only one you, even though there's two. And a plethora of them infinitely, but that's another, that's a sidebar. And then, she just comes to, you know, accept that Karasu was real. This causes no one some consternation, and when no one moves to attack her. Now, here's the key. The scene is when the young you shows up. To protect her. And it's, it's playing the same scene from when he first encounters Karasu. Except this time it's Noen. But the reply from Noen is the same. It's like, who are you? And he says, I am you. Like, you not you, but you as in you. Literally. 
it's kind of like a double entendre in a way except that because it's in Japanese you know he says something and then he says oh my and then he's literally saying I am you so the implication here and I'm not episode jumping or anything because I don't fully remember everything that happened in this show I just happen to love it but it's been like 11 or 12 years I might have seen it like 9 years ago meaning we watched it it's been a long time um, the implication seems to be that Shangri-La exists because of Haruka and you now I have no idea how two kids ended up growing up and creating a perfect alternate dimension excuse me for the belchies um but suffice it to say she is rejecting that idea and when you shows up to protect her and he tells you yeah I'm you and then he makes a move towards them both the dragon twerks activate it his ass is sent going hasta la pasta back to Shangri-La or wherever he's going. And things kind of settle down. But of course there's a lot more upheaval to come. And a lot more issues to be resolved. There's going to be some showdowns. And there's going to be some decisions. And there's going to be some changes. And it's not all going to make sense to... A linear mind because I was thinking about the story and I'm like man these characters I'd have some serious issues I mean the fact that they don't fully comprehend it makes it a lot more palpable for them to go about their day-to-day -day lives than if they were actually immersed in fully being conscious of what they're experiencing I think it would cause a breakdown for me but then again who am I Sorry, I just had a Cheshire Cat moment, except I should be asking you who you are, right? Or, is that the Caterpillar? Or, does it even matter? Um, aside from that, we'll pick this up next week, where I will be closing out on Nolan and going into Stein's Gate, which again is another quantum displaced time weirdo type usurping reality show that's kind of what I gravitate towards but dirty little secret I do watch some normal stuff um, of course I don't remember what it is or I don't feel like saying it <laughs> uh, I don't really give a shit I'm not saying anything <laughs> anyway so yeah that's where I'm leaving you off this week uh, again what you observe you make exist it's just an idea I'm certainly not saying it's true because who knows what's true your truth and my truth are infinitely relative to an infinite variety of infinite variations of infinite versions of our infinite selves having said that I just want to pay respects to the 
artist who passed away recently, Dolores, from the Cranberries. I uh, personally really appreciated her music. Um, it was very helpful for me in this life, getting through some rough patches. So, it's good to appreciate the beauty in the world while we get to see it, listen to it, hear it, observe it. Because it's fleeting, man. It's fleeting. Need to cherish it and respect it while we have it. I'm off the bully pulpit. I'll check you motherfuckers out later. Stay healthy. Deal with this crazy weather. And observe your reality and appreciate what you see. Chout suit.